All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast, huge episode. We're going to talk all about the Viking schedule release, the Wild's huge overtime win, and uh, who should win the rookie of the year. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Happy to be back again. I'm good. I'm good. And you? I'm great. I'm a little sad that we're coming to the end of the Timberwolves historic season of um, winning a bunch of games and not tanking. Um. Yeah, why do they do that, man? We can't even tank right. No. But then again, all that happened is, is we hopefully developed some camaraderie and chemistry, got Anthony Edwards moving in the right direction, maybe found a coach who's somewhat good, and uh, our chances of having a top three pick only dropped by about 15%. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. And like I said, I, I think them playing well and gelling is more important because what's one rookie doesn't always do everything. It's not always going to be the savior that you think it is. Much better to have the team gelling. Hope you're right. All right, guys, here we go. Uh, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thanks. Yeah. Love it. All right, guys, what beers are you drinking for this episode? Okay. Um, in honor of Art of World, which I feel like we fucked up and didn't mention last week, mm-hmm. but... There's not that much going on. It's still kind of COVID art of world. I did see the fr- friend of the pod, Kate Bean, who we love, right? She did the podcast um, a while back, and she was singing outside of Theater Latida. So all in all, I'm trying to wrap all this up, celebrate Northeast, Northeast. I'm drinking a Northeast beer from, who the hell brews this shit? August Shell. It's August Shell. It's Shell's Brewing. So um, yeah, man, that's that's what I'm having. It's nothing special, but it's always a classic. I am at our good friends from Big Lake. Minnesota Lupulin Brewing. I'm having a little tropical fun pants. Blonde ale with fruit. It's like a 5% ABV. Um, this beer is incredibly drinkable. Really? This has got like lots of big fruit flavors. It's not like the blonde ale is definitely misleading because this is just like a, a nice, fun, drinkable, fruity, fizzy beer. It's delicious. It's fantastic. Okay. I found it for eleven ninety nine for the four pack. This is a great second four pack. If you were gonna, you know, you splurge on something, you know, first, um, and then go with something that's like just super easy to drink and delicious. Tropical fun pants, Lupulin Brewing. Love it. All right, so I, I'm gonna grab some. I also went with the second four pack thing. So the first one I went with was on the last episode was the fluff piece black stack. Their smoothie style sour beer, strawberry guava marshmallows. It was like twenty or twenty one dollars. Like it was an expensive Ooh. four pack. So I had to go with the second four pack, which is one of our favorite things on this show. So I went with one that I'm actually real pumped about. Eleven dollar four pack, serious leisure from Fair State. Okay. Oh, I percent guava, lime, and hibiscus sour. Eleven bucks. Eleven dollar four pack. Yeah, that's an amazing deal. It's a great. So deal. is this like is this like a different riff on their extreme leisure? Yes. This is just. Leisure. It's not. It's not extreme. This is just serious. I like which is a step down more. I think extreme leisure is better. This is real heavy on the lime, um, but it's good. It's a really tasty beer. And honestly, guys, um, as much as I am constantly going out and buying these big $20 sour four pack smoothie things that are like really thick and blah, blah, blah. I always like those and they're tasty, but I actually think that the sours that are like 
a thinner sour. Um, I know thin is not exactly a great word to describe it, but well, you're right. But you're okay. We say thick. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. It's, the, the there's less sediment in there. Are actually, I think, might be better. Period. And I think that mm. for the style, they're um, something that you could drink more than like. I agree. It makes more sense for it to be more drinkable for the crispness of it. Um, no reason to have it super heavy. That's just more of like a fruited IPA. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. So here we go. We're moving on to the warm up, and today's warm up is brought to you by Ryan. Ryan, what do you got? We're gonna do a player A, player B. Okay. Question and answer. Who would you rather have on your team? Okay. okay player A. And this is uh, NBA related. We'll we'll get to this. This is a teaser for some of the the Hall of Fame things. Yeah. So player A, fifteen time All Star, um, eight time member of NBA's All Defensive First Team. Five-time NBA champion, finals MVP three times, um, NBA MVP twice, and NBA Rookie of the Year. Um, Only player in NBA history with a 1,000 or more wins with one team. Okay? So that's player A. I know who that was. All right. Got you. Player B is an eight-time NBA um, All-Star, five-time NBA champion, two-times finals MVP, and led the NBA in total points from for four seasons. And who would you rather have, player A or player B? I think I know both players. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend I don't and just say player A, right? I mean, like, those stats are unbelievable. What a fucking career. But you might need to reveal who these people are. I was are. going to say player A, but I think if I'm right about who the players are, even though I think player A is a better player, I think you're more likely to win a title on just any given team with player B. So I'm going to go with player B. Okay. Who do you guys think player A and B were? I think player A is Tim Duncan and player B is Kobe Bryant. That is correct. (laughs) It's crazy. But it's it's crazy how similar their careers were in terms of championships and MVPs and all-time NBA, you know, first-team NBA selections, etc., I know it's a really unpopular opinion, but I think that Duncan is a better player than Kobe. I think Duncan is like one of the three to four greatest big men ever to play the game. And I think Mm -hmm. he's like a for sure top, uh, he's probably like a eighth best player ever. And Kobe's probably like a 10th best player ever kind of thing. And Garnett. That's crazy. I mean, you're probably right. And Garnett, we love him. But, you know, the debate between who would you rather have on your team, Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett? Gosh, I think you have to go Tim Duncan. I'd rather have Duncan, but I mean, the three of them is probably the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time. All coming in together. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, unbelievable. And, yeah, very, very and cool. What's even crazier, I think, like, imagine if you flip-flopped Kobe and Duncan, and Tim Duncan had been with the Lakers and had, let's just say, the same level of success with the Lakers. I think he would be more revered For sure. than he is just just given the the lakers uh, prowess you know in the nba and i think that but that also helped kobe in seasons where they weren't as good and he sort of had to carry the load you know propped him up a little bit higher uh just given the lakers you know again their their purview and and overarching effect on the nba in general yeah i'm sure there's so many people around the world that would say this what do you, who gives a fuck about Minneapolis, but who gives a fuck about San Antonio? Do you guys know of anything else in San Antonio? Anybody from San Antonio? The Alamo. The Alamo. The, okay, cool. 
it's near there. I wouldn't. Um, I have no interest in seeing the Alamo. So I, I totally see what you're saying with like you know Tim Duncan spent his time on the Spurs and they were unbelievable, but it was not the most exciting time in NBA history when they were Mister you know <laughs> Mister Elementals there. Um, hey man, get those titles however you go and get them. And get yeah, the, them. the big the big fundamental yeah. is what you were going yeah, for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like Elemental better. Um, no, I did like the, in his speech, though. He gave a speech and he talked about Popovich. And it was like such an emotional moment that like almost made me cry. Because just him talking about Popovich and like, you knowing Popovich trying to be like, keep it in because he's not an emotional guy. Right. It was just a great moment. It was like such a beautiful part of what we like about sports. So also shout out to Greg Popovich and his uh, halftime interviews. What do you, what do you need to do to do better in the second half? Score more. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think you need to do on the defensive end? Stop them from scoring more. Like, and then I, on the I third question, they're right in the middle of it, and they're like, and he is walking away. Back to yeah. you. <laughs> love I love him. Him. Love him. Uh Shouts to KG. I'm sure – I don't know if you plan to cover it later, but he was uh, you know, inducted. It's a wonderful moment. He gave a really nice speech. Mentioned – probably said Minneapolis 15 times. Um, I love it. Hero to the city, man. Love Garnett. Um, easily the best Timberwolf of all time. No one's in the vicinity of him. One of the probably five greatest Minnesota athletes of all time. I mean, yeah, played sure. for a professional Minnesota team. Um, for sure the best basketball player. And I don't want to hear about some old Lakers guy who had all of his fame in a different place. Uh, George Mikan. Yeah, it's just I'm not here for that. Uh, one of the best athletes in Minnesota history, and just one of the great characters in the NBA. As much as I just said that Kobe and and Duncan are both like top 10 players, in my opinion, Garnett is not far behind. He's probably somewhere between 15 and 20. I mean, he's one of the 20 best players to ever play basketball. He's insane. So just an incredible class uh, from the NBA this year. Really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So sticking with the basketball thing now, J. Cole is uh, Cole. He's officially uh, playing and had his first game with the Rwanda Patriots in the new African <laughs> basketball league yeah you nailed it that was a perfect intro to the story have you guys ever seen the the viral videos all i I follow a lot of like hip-hop news sites and sports news sites so you know what i get in the middle of venn diagram j cole um so j cole can ball out like him at the him at like the lifetime gym the highlights look unbelievable like he is he's draining like 17 three-pointers and he's you know laying up twisting flipping um so he, I guess, is good enough to play professionally in this new basketball league. He did play the other day. You could have watched it on ESPN News Channel, which is a channel. 7 a.m. on Saturday was when it actually aired. He got three points and three rebounds and two assists, and that was his premiere. So he also just dropped a huge album, uh, The Off Season, which I'm way more interested in that than his basketball career. But still pretty cool that the dude can just the multi-talented guy. Like, the guy can do a ton. Good stuff. Um, I will this isn't do we care, but you don't care. So let's I don't watch any of his games, but it's cool. No, no one will. No one will. I'm actually, I'm more excited about the fact that there's a professional basketball league in Africa. Yeah, there you go. I think that's cool. All right. A uh, couple other things. Um, we're going to head to uh, the Bay Area. And just like the Oakland Raiders, the Oakland Athletics are planning on moving, relocating themselves to uh, Las Vegas. Is that the deal? They're trying to go to Vegas too? Uh, I don't they know. are exploring it. I, I just heard. Yeah, you. I just know that they have been trying to get the city to pay for us uh, a stadium. 
and they won't. And they seem very like whatever. I don't know if the if this is the leadership of the city or the people vote on these things and they always vote no. But like nobody can build something there. Like every team has to leave. Is that the deal? Yeah. I mean, I think it didn't help that even though it's like all gentrified and like super wealthy now, um, you know, I don't think it helped that like it's what still in the Bay Area. It's still right by um, San Francisco and teams, I think, would rather play in San Francisco. And then on top of it, they've had a hard time getting anything made there. They're watching other teams leave. It just is a place where professional sports are going to happen across the Bay. Mm. Well, and and, and like, wh- where would they go? Like, if they were to try and like go somewhere else within the city, there's no place. Mm. I mean, it's not like, oh, there's an uh, abandoned, you know, five acre parking lot, you know, where we could, you know, uh, like that just doesn't exist. Crushed in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so they'd, they'd have to like demolish the stadium and build a new, right. Or move the team. Like those are, those are the two options. And with the former being probably more expensive and the move to Vegas being so attractive, given like the golden Knights, um, the, the Raiders, you know, moving there, I think it, it just, it, it almost seems to make the most sense, but I don't know that that sucks for that franchise because I know that they're, you know, like the Oakland A's fans are very loyal to the team, but the like upper management is not, mm. you know, they you know, famously with Moneyball, like uh, was given no money by ownership, regardless of how well they were doing um, to try and, you know, make something happen on nothing. So um, this, it would suck for the city of Oakland. I also don't think they would care that much. Like, mm. I don't think, you know, I think the the baseball fandom, has fallen by the wayside to, you know, Golden State Warriors significantly. And it's not going to be that big of a loss if they do move. No. It it's kind of sad, though. I do feel for that that area. That sucks. Um. All right. So uh, sticking with uh, teams that may have used to be a, or used to play in Oakland, uh, the Raiders <laughs> in Vegas are going to yeah. have a stupid nightclub that's going to be insanely expensive uh, in one of the end zones. With like bottle service and DJs and stuff. Yeah, because it's Vegas. Because there's not even they're not even there to pay attention. This like you the- said, they're there just to show out and spend money. And it's gonna be it's gonna be like execs from Under Armour taking out execs from Amazon.com <laughs> to like buy. And, and no one's even gonna care about the game. They're just there to like drink and I don't know what they do, but the whole thing seems very superficial. Even just having the team there. Um, there's no real fans there, right? They're just sort of there because it's a, a big fancy thing that they can sh- show out and spend money on. And then oh, yeah. so, so, so Rob's going to be at the nightclub is what you're yeah, saying. I, I used a very personal example. My brother like, probably <laughs> will do that. <laughs> and it, you know, even he'd admit like this shit's lame, but it's what you do. All right, guys. Last thing, Tim Tebow is officially back in the NFL for now as a tight end with the Jaguars. This should be the last we ever have to talk about Tim Tebow. Please. Dude, Why? I don't care. On. I don't care. Has, He's not going to play, right? Has there ever been an athlete who did less and has more fame than him? Nope. He's nope. handsome. He's white. Well, He's religious. Well, to be fair, he did. You know, he did have the the long completion to Demarius Thomas in the playoff game, and I, I and I'm not saying you know Case Keenum rode the same thing, right? I mean, Case Keenum rode the Minneapolis miracle to a big contract with Denver and was cut nine months later. So, but, you know, Tim Tebow did, you know, lead the Denver Broncos to a playoff win improbably, you know, against a team they shouldn't have. And so, you know, he rode that for everything he could. When when that didn't pan out, tried to go to the Patriots, then he tried to play minor league baseball. And now, 
you know, Urban Meyer's giving him like maybe like just a a, a pity look, you know, at playing tight end. I, I I don't get it. I don't I don't get it, and I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear about Tim Tebow anymore. I don't me either. Do so. Do something. Do something that great. Like, yeah, but Kaepernick still can't get a job. Run with that take. Analyze that take. I mean, they're it's they're both. Neither of them really deserve a job, right? So uh, Kaepernick way ahead of Tim Tebow. Well, right, right. Tim Tebow, but like a tight end, you can probably like throw into a play and see what happens. A quarterback, you're probably not going to do that. Yeah, but the difference is, is that Tim Tebow's played exactly um, zero games at tight end in his entire life. Right. Okay. <laughs> that is so fair. And even let's just say today, if you're the Vikings coaching staff or or the executives or just a fan, who would you rather have as your backup quarterback today, right now? Colin Kaepernick, who's been out of the league for five seasons, probably maybe more, or Sean Mannion? I think I'd rather take my chances on Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. 32, 41. Since Tim Tebow last took a snap in the NFL, right? Colin Kaepernick has started 53 games. Okay. So yeah, I'll take, I'll take Colin Kaepernick. Like I said. <laughs> Tim T wasn't played in almost a decade and we think he's going to make it as a tight end. What the fuck? What? <laughs> My favorite thing is I saw um, Mina Kimes. If you guys know who she is, she's like an elite um, sports reporter. Uh, like one of the best covering the NFL. And she was trashing on them signing Tim Tebow. And some Tim Tebow guy on Twitter was like, why is she allowed to speak about this? She's never even played a game in the NFL. Why should we listen to her opinion? And this other sports reporter hopped in and said, she's played as many games in the NFL as Tim Tebow's played at Tebow. <laughs> All right, let's never talk about Tim Tebow ever again. I literally Please hope don't. Thank God. because I just can't I can't handle it anymore. All right, so the big news of the day, it's shocking it took us a song to get here, but the Wild in their first playoff game in the greatest sports town in the world, Las Vegas, uh got their their first playoff win of the year, uh one nothing in overtime. Yoel Erickson Eck, uh 19 regular season goals, his 20th goal of the year happens in the playoffs. It's uh, his first overtime goal of his career. It came at a great time. One nothing win. Forty two shots for Las Vegas. Thirty for the Wild. The Wild came on very strong. And I thought we were the better team down the stretch. Had the bigger chances, and uh, this was a huge win. I mean, this is like a series swinging type of victory. So uh, I think we should be pretty excited. I think, like always, the NHL playoffs, anyone can win the title. And I think the Wild are one of those teams. Mm-hmm. I think that if I had to be honest with myself, I thought that this game was going to be, uh, I thought we were going to lose one to three. To start off, young team, kind of nervous, um, you know, coming into a very good team. Although, like, what did we beat? Didn't we beat them like five and one and two? I don't know. We yeah. killed them this year. Oh, we've crushed them all. And we always kill them. Um, but that doesn't give you much hope. It's different. It's the playoffs. It's scary. Every, you know, it's a young team. How cool, man. I mean, I get that it was a little probably closer than we want. And it's sh- like you watch this game and you're like, how does this not go to seven? Like this goes to seven games. <laughs> but hey, man, we won this one close. Maybe we'll win the series close. Well, wasn't the one of the last games we played against them in the regular season? One where Kaprizov scored two goals in like a minute and a half to end regulation. You know, we were down 5-4 and he scores to tie it and then scores another one with 30 seconds left or something like that. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. No, it's great. We've got their number. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe, maybe, you know, they're feeling the mental effects of us kind of owning them throughout the regular season. No, absolutely. I think so. Um, I, I feel good about us in this series. Um, but it's like anything. I mean, we could lose the next four games or we could sweep them in four. It's the NHL. 
it's completely bonkers. And uh, I think we should feel good about uh, the group that we have because, like Jimmy Channel said a while back, they are playing with house money. I mean, they're just way ahead of schedule. No one thought this team was going to be anything but a team that maybe snuck into the playoffs. And they've got a ton of young talent. Zach Parisi is literally a healthy scratch for the playoffs. <laughs> Let's talk about that. How yeah. cool. I mean, I just think it's cool because it's like there's nothing precious about this team anymore. No, no. Literally, um, they get production out of all four lines. They uh, play pretty equally um, in the amount of time that all four lines play. Uh, no one is safe from bad performances. And Evenson, it looked like a, a temporary coach, and now he looks like one of the better coaches in the NHL. So I, I think yeah, Gary needs credit um, for just kind of where he's got this team and kind of the fine-tuning he did to turn a team that had been struggling into a team that is um, – you know, in my opinion, I'm not making any predictions. I mean, they they probably will still lose this series because Minnesota sports, right? But right. I, if this team went to the Stanley Cup, I wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't. Like, it's the NHL. Anything can happen, and this is a good team. Well, especially Makes in the fun. weird the weird scheduling, you know, like we played, like, some of the hardest teams, like some of the best teams in the NHL in our, like, little conference, if you will, our little bubble. And, you know, we got we – got, literally owned by Colorado during the regular season. And we happen to luck out and get the Vegas Golden Knights who we own during the regular season. So it's just like, maybe that's a little bit beneficial. Who knows? Um, It's going to be fun. Let's just, like you said, let's just enjoy the ride. We're not predicting them to go to the Stanley cup. Let's just have fun, watch them, you know, do well. Um, And the best part is we don't have to like roll it back with Nino Niederreiter and Mikhail Granlund and all these other like old names from the old regime and, Zach Parise is a healthy scratch and Suter's not playing. We don't have to talk about like Suter playing. He played 72 minutes, you know, like all that shit. Like, well, yeah, no wonder he sucked by game four because yeah, he was right. dead. So um, I'm, I'm just glad that we have a completely different approach going into these playoffs. So before we move on, I have to give a shout out to um, Alex Bremer, friend of the pod. All my takes tonight were sponsored by him. And then all takes going forward on the wild. Um, we'll be sponsored by him. So anything I say, imagine he said it. He is my wild guy. I told me, I told him, hey, text me your hot takes after the game. He did. That's what I was using. So I'll keep drawing from that. If all of a sudden it seems like, holy shit, dude, Jim seems to really know a lot about the wild. <laughs> it's not me. I uh, just wanted to get that out there. All right. Well, I appreciate your honesty. What's up, Alan? <laughs> all right, guys, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings and their schedule dropping this week. So we finally find the out shedge. when they are going to be playing. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to go through the schedule. We're not going to like guess wins and losses, but we can kind of talk about it as we go. We start okay. on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know if Joe Burrow will be there. I believe the Vikings are already considered to be four and a half point favorites, something like that. Three and a half point favorites on the road. Um, I like the Vikings, but yeah. Easy start for us. At Arizona Cardinals in week two, so two straight road games uh, before coming home for their home opener in late September against the Seattle Seahawks. A big-time matchup at home against the Cleveland Browns, who a lot of people think is going to be one of the best teams in the league, and former coach Kevin Stefanski in week four. Uh, another uh, game, I believe, yeah, at home again, three straight at home. This is against the lowly Detroit Lions, who if they finish anything but in the bottom five, I would be shocked. And then uh, getting a chance at at Carolina in week six. Um, I think the first six games is about as easy as it could get in a realistic NFL schedule. Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, the Browns turn out amazing or, you know, the Seahawks, nice that we play them at home. We always play them there and they kick our ass. It's like a loss every year. Okay. I think we beat them at home. We could. 
I don't really fear anyone. Um, Arizona will be okay. Cincinnati might be okay. Seattle will be okay. I think Detroit will be pretty bad. Carolina, who knows, probably pretty bad. Cleveland could be good. Just you couldn't ask for a better start. You should you mm-hmm. should expect a minimum we should be four and two coming out of that stretch of the season. Going into the I play. mean, Zimmer dialing up a you know defense against Sam Darnold. He's probably already licking his shot. I mean, seriously, I I, yeah. I don't think Sam Darnold's going to turn himself into Josh Allen. 2.0 changing venues, you know, I, I the, the, the Carolina game seems like a, an easy win, but man, I don't, I don't, I really don't think the Arizona game is great. Uh, man, I, I, I would say three and three coming out of that most likely losing the, but we, we're not, sorry. We're not guessing games. We're not guessing games. Sorry, we'll, do that later the, we'll do that later. I just think the Vikings are going to do well in that first stretch. They should, it's not a bad stretch at all. They have a bye week and then things get pretty tough. All right. So you have a Halloween Sunday night football game against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I love this at home. That'll be fun. That's a blast. Then you get to play at the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be there? Is Andy Dalton starting for the Cowboys? That's the only scary thing. Yeah. Eric might go. Um, Then then week 10, we are at the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm more likely to go to that one. That's definitely. You're picking. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. We'll fucking kill them. Then. No, no, that'll be a tough game. I think that's (laughs) tough. Yeah. Then home against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers on uh, left. <laughs> Jordan Love, yeah, Blake Blake Bortles, Not yeah, good. Jordan Love, yeah, probably because they'll already have lost. Like, yeah, they'll be like one in five, and then they'll just be like, well, let's just play Love for the future, you know, get him going a little bit. Then, uh, then we go to the San Francisco 49ers, who I think are going to contend for the Super Bowl this year. So I think that's a really tough game in uh, late November. And then uh, we're at, so I think that stretch is really brutal. Home against Dallas, at Baltimore, at the Chargers, home against the Packers, at the Niners. That's five brutal. really brutal games. Are, you are, are, sorry, real, real quick, are any of those, like, that's not our Thursday night, anything like that, that's just regular Sunday games? Yeah, so, so far, um, we have some afternoon games. Uh, but the only- we, we, might, yeah, we, might, we might get flexed, we might get flexed at that point, but yeah. Yeah, as of now. it's pretty normal at this point, except for Sunday night football against the Cowboys, okay? So okay. if you're breaking it down into, like, chunks, I think chunk one is pretty easy, like, pretty favorable. I think chunk two is really difficult. And then chunk three is a little of both. Uh, week 13, home, or I'm sorry, at uh, Ford Field to play the Detroit Lions. They'll be dead in the water by that time. Um, then Thursday night football. Week 14 at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is going to be a blast. Then the next week, week 15, we are Monday Night Football at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. Ooh, love that. Week 16. Yes, because so so far we really haven't played (laughs) anybody other than Detroit in the division at that point. And then uh, uh, week 16, we are home against the Los Angeles Rams. That's a huge game. Then uh, week 17, Sunday Night Football. At Lambeau Field. This is on uh, January 2nd. Love it. Huge game. Can't wait. And then now we have week 18 as the season has moved to 17 games. Week 18 is on January 9th. It's home against the Chicago Bears. But at least that's not at Soldier Field in the middle of January. I think the schedule If there's any solace in it. Not too bad. Not too bad. I think like the best way to look at a schedule is like who are the quarterbacks that you play? because it's impossible to predict the teams that are going to be good and bad every year. 
And I know that mm-hmm. I'll guess, but like half the teams that were good last year are going to be bad, and half the teams that are bad last year are going to be good. And that's just the NFL. So uh, maybe Joe Burrow, if he's healthy enough to play, Kyler Murray is pretty tough. Uh, Russell Wilson is good. Uh, Baker Mayfield is fine. Uh, Jared Goff is fine. Um, he's pretty bad, actually. Sam Darnold is pretty bad. Uh, Dak Jared, Preston- Jared Goff. Jared Goff was three years ago the heir apparent to you know whatever QB yeah. like LA gave him such a huge contract yeah. and all of that and then like two years later they're like yeah we're gonna trade you for Matt Stafford yeah ouch um then we get Dak Prescott and his leg that's repaired we get uh, Lamar Jackson who I think is just okay. You get the guy who I'm most excited to see, Justin Herbert. He's fantastic. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he still plays for Green Bay. Uh, San Francisco, who knows who their quarterback will be? Will it be um, Jimmy G? Fields or Garoppolo? They're not no. Fields. It's, uh, oh, sorry. What's that guy's name? Trey Lance. BYU kid? Lance. No, they have the kid from uh, North Dakota State. Oh, the NDSU kid. Yeah. So either Lance or, or Garoppolo. Then Goff again. Then the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. Then either uh, Fields or Dalton. Uh, Stafford, he's back again. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> Rogers or Love, we don't know. And then Fields or Dalton. I don't know. This just doesn't seem like that brutal of a schedule to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. We got to move on, though. We got to move on to the oh. NBA. Okay. Love it. Let's go. All right. NBA playing is going to be happening here. It looks like the Lakers are going to be in a playing game, which is crazy. No one's going to want to play them. Yeah. They're going to play the Warriors, aren't they? Yeah. But remember, it's like double elimination or something for those like seven and eight team or something like that. Isn't it like um, nine and 10 teams have like to, can only lose once and the seven and eight teams can lose twice or something like that? Or like, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work that well. Because it's, it's cool. I mean, it's cool because, like, you know, for years, the Wolves would finish 9-10, and 10, and just the idea that they had a chance to make the playoffs would have been exciting. But those are, you know, that's four fan bases out of the NBA every year excited, and then four pissed off because there's two teams that just made the playoffs that now have to do this play-in bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, last year we would have just been in. The Lakers would have just been in, you know, and now they have to do this playoff thing, so, or play-in. Okay, so here's what happened. The ninth place team and oh jeez. All right, here we go. The ninth oh, place bad. team and the tenth place team play. The loser is mm-hmm. out. The winner goes on to the next round. Okay. The seventh and eighth place team play. The winner is the seventh. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Locked it up. They don't have to play on. The Warriors and the Lakers will play. Whoever wins is the seventh seed. Whoever loses has to keep playing. Then the the loser of the seven and eight game plays the winner of the nine and ten game. The winner of that game is the eight seed. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I don't think that's that complicated. It's not that complicated. It's just so so everyone's like, oh, the Lakers and the Warriors are playing. Yeah, they're playing, but like they're not gonna like it's not like an eliminator game. Right. One of them will move on, and one of them will get a second champ. And um, they'll probably both move on. You yeah, know? in reality, there's a good chance they both so And they'll probably both finish the seven and eight seed, you know, like okay. Yeah. And the Lakers will probably win their first shot. Yeah. Like who's gonna yeah. want to play them? They've been just sitting on the sidelines waiting at this point to get healthy and fresh for the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so the big news is that the Timberwolves are officially on no tank mode as they have just bullied teams into the season here, being like at least a 500 team. Um, they needed to lose tonight to have a chance to get back into that t- bottom three, and they are beating up the uh, match. The very good. One of those teams that has the exact opposite record as us, you know? 
Yeah. If we're like we're like 22 and 45 and they're like 45 and 22 and we're going to beat them. So that's cool. <laughs> so what I've been really exciting about this, though, is that tonight, as of uh, where we're at, we're in the fourth quarter. Anthony Edwards has 24 points. Um, his 36th game in, of above 20 points or something like that. And uh, Jaden McDaniels, our other rookie, has 19 points. So mm-hmm. we're letting the kids play, and I think the kids are pretty good. Um, it would be awesome if we can still luck our way into a top three pick. If you add a top three pick to this team, I think it kind of moves into like one of the franchises you want to be a part of, and I think that's pretty exciting. Mm. I don't know about that. I would love to think that. Oh, Towns, Edwards, McDaniels, Russell, Beasley, and then like um, Evan Mobley, like the big superstar center. I mean, if you think Edwards is good, Edwards would have been like the fifth pick in this next draft, in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying right. he's going to be the fifth best player that would have been out of that group, but like where he was at last year, he would have been like the fifth pick. There's some massive Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley. Like these are some superstar guys. I mean, that is exciting. And that does suck then because we're most likely not going to get a pick at all in the first round this year. Um, you know, so the deal was uh, with that Wiggins trade back in the day, you guys know this, this is for anybody else paying attention. Uh, we traded it. We, it was a protected pick if top three. So if we get the top three, we keep it. If not, it goes to the Golden State Warriors. That's probably what's going to happen. 90% chance or whatever you're saying, Eric, that I we don't have a pick in the first round. I think we'll have like a 30% chance, is my guess. To keep our pick. Like a 30 Whether it's one, two, or three, probably three. Yeah. I think you have three even. We'll have like a 10% chance at each of those, picks, most likely. And then. And I'm sorry. Uh, Tinfoil Hat Burger's got to chime in here for a second. If y'all oh. think that. If y'all think that Adam Silver isn't going to make sure that the Golden State Warriors don't get another, you know, top five pick, Mm -hmm. I got some things to explain to you Um, from cute Ron Watkins. Let me know via 8chan that this is (laughs) this is how it's going to happen. So I uh, but in, in all honesty, knowing the way that the Wolves franchise works, the fact that we we reverse tanked somehow at the end of the season and didn't just make sure that our odds were as high as they could possibly be mm-hmm. um, speaks volumes to like the way that this franchise has been running for the last 20 years. Like we couldn't even just lose 90% of the games in a meaningless season. We had to like come on strong. And we talked about this last week. There is something to be said about like chemistry within the team and guys playing together and gelling and building to, you know, the next season. But in this instance, when you have a protected pick and you have to be, you have to give yourself the highest odds possible. And we couldn't even do that right. It's well, kind of frustrating. Exactly. So for about two weeks, I've been saying it's time to start resting players. Um, yes. the, like the magic, oh. the magic Plumley has, has been uh, just resting. Like they don't even try to make something up. He just doesn't play because they want to lose. Like, why can't we do that now? Like, dude, we had, after the all-star break, we came together, people got healthy. We showed for about a month that we won about 500, you know, we're, we're at 500. We're in a, half the games. That was the time to then start resting players. And they didn't. Everybody's getting major minutes this game tonight against the maps. Everybody's playing great. I love to see it, but it's not the right time. Like I was so happy they lost the last two and here they are. They're going to come in. Everybody's going to play well and they beat a very good Mavs team. And uh, yeah, all their chances at that top, top three are mostly dissolved. Like Eric says, we still have a chance. Here's one thing I will just say anecdotally, right? I had Al Horford on my fantasy basketball roster, dominating double, double, double doubles constantly. Like 30 points, 10 rebounds, you know, two steals, a few assists here and there. 
mm-hmm. great. And then they were like, um, yeah, Al's not going to play the rest of the season. <laughs> Al is permanently on the bench. Is he injured? No, no, we're just going to eat that. Like, we don't even care. We have we have no reason to play him because he's giving us too good of a chance mm-hmm. to win these games that we need to lose. They literally took their best player and were like, yeah, nah, sorry. Sorry, Al. Just take the checks, go hit the spa, yep. go do what you need to do. Well, uh, you're not going to play the rest of the season. You know what? I mean, honestly, look what the Sixers did. They even named it. They called it the process. And they are one of the best teams in the East. And Embiid is a superstar. I wish we had him instead of Towns. And um, they did it the right way. And they were kind of um, uh, unashamed of it. Yeah. It was a process. And look where they are now. They're very relevant. The Wolves, irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant right now. Yeah, we're irrelevant. All right, guys. Uh, lastly, rookie of the year. Um, yeah. everyone, all the, all the journalists are like, oh, it's LaMelo Ball. His yeah. advanced yeah. metrics are better. He's on a better team advanced metrics. I'm like, dude sat out like 25 games with an injury. So what? While Edwards was pumping in goals, or I'm sorry, pumping in points, averaged 23 points a game since the all-star break. This guy is a legit number one scorer. And LaMelo has been hanging out nursing an injury. And Eric, you, already, you, you sold your Anthony Edwards stock. I did. Early. I sold like early. early. I was like, dude's the least efficient player I've ever seen in my life. He looks like Derek Williams 2.0. But no, <laughs> he's not. He's like he's like the funniest athlete that's ever lived. Love that. Like, I literally he is the greatest interview in sports right now. I mean, do you We're know? Gonna get him, for sure. Did okay. you hear what he's doing? Did you hear what he's doing for his offseason? Well, I heard he him joke about going to Spain <laughs> to play with, with Ricky. And Hernan Gomez, so just so you can, can hear what those motherfuckers are talking about all the time. Or figure something. out what they're saying on the court. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. He's great. I mean, he's hilarious. He's amazing. Um, I, I don't, if I had to vote, I think I would, and I was voting, trying to be not a homer, I would vote ball. Um, he is way more consistent. He does so many more things. He's just, like we talked about, he's way closer to his ceiling. He is helping his team win. In so many ways, every night, he's a better player. He's a better and more important player right now than Edwards. Edwards is all flash and fun and potential. And I'd still, like we said, I'd rather have Edwards still. Edwards has the home run potential where in two years, LaMelo is still going to be about this good, which is a nice point guard type starter guy, um, consistent and solid, does a lot of things. You know, stuffs the stat sheet, but never really hits over 10 on anything. You know, that's kind of where he's at. Um, I'd still rather have Edwards with the potential to be D Wade, like Eric says. It's more exciting, but who's better right now? It's Ball. Ball is the rookie of the year. Um, I would so love for it to be Ant. It probably won't. Um, the injury shouldn't matter that much. Uh, but you know, the thing is, like on a great night, Ball um has twenty two and you know eight and five and three. And they win on a, on a big night for Edwards. He has 44 and five and we lose, you know? So I just, I think the ball probably will get it and probably deserves it, but I'm still happy to have Edwards. Um, Edwards is the much better scorer. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. For sure. Much better score. Uh, LaMelo efficiency. They have about the same efficiency, but Edwards is finding his shots consistently and putting up the numbers, but LaMelo is doing everything else and they're winning. I mean, it's just, I don't know. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, like he also was drafted later by a better team who got themselves higher up in the lottery. You know, it's like, that's why we have the, the, system where the worst teams get the best picks and the best teams get the worst picks. Edwards mm-hmm. ended up on the worst team. He had to play without 
Towns and without um, D'Lo. D'Lo. D'Lo and without Beasley for the season. And he had to just be an inefficient shooter with a crappy head coach. And since they've kind of figured things out, he has been by far and away the best uh, rookie in the league. Um, I don't think it's even close. And I don't know. I mean, he's played 22 more games than Lamelo did. Yeah. 22 games. That's a lot of the season. I know. I know. But Lamelo came back and jumped right back into form. And then you sort of forget about that gap. Like you just sort of, he's been so consistent. You just have to assume that if he'd been playing, he would have stayed with that consistency. You know, it doesn't hurt him as much. Um, it's not like he was, it's not like he's that much better now than he was when he started the first game. That's why I'm so excited about Edwards. Edwards is so much better now than when he started the season. Uh, ball about the same, which is amazing for a rookie. It also means he's probably not going to be uh, game changing next year. About the same. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Edwards for him for not. I wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't either. Wouldn't even consider it. Um, Which is great. Yeah, I mean, since since uh, he's come back, here's his super consistency: 11, 14, 23, 4, 27, 22, 5, 18, and eight. Yeah. Eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Team Edwards. All right, guys. Last. We're going to do a little check-in with our guy, Ryan. Uh, I, I love to tease because I would trade my... my Sorry, absolute. you guys are breaking up. I, I can't hear you right now. <laughs> I would trade my absolute... This fucking squad cast, online, bullshit, <laughs> remote. we got to get back together. This is bullshit. I would trade my absolute trash season with Arsenal where they've been nothing but an embarrassment in every competition. So me asking Ryan about his feelings is by no means me endorsing my horrible, embarrassing team who's going to have to, like, burn it down in the summer. Uh, but, Ryan, your team has been amazing. They're in the Champions League final, which is beyond your wildest dreams. This is Chelsea, for those of you guys who don't know. They're in the Champions League final, which is way beyond what you could have guessed was going to happen this year. They're 100%. currently in, I believe, what, fourth place in the Premier League? Fourth place. They just were in and lost a close um, uh, FA Cup final where the goalie from Leicester absolutely stood on his head and made some just unreal saves. Where's your confidence? And we had a we we got we got arsenaled with the VAR offside by like a pubic hair. I you hate know. That. Uh so it's, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> just a heads up. Well, that was for the touch. He asked me, Oh my gosh, what do you think about how great Arsenal's playing? And what did I say? I don't care, I'm not watching. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> that's that's where my season is at. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, so Ryan, where are you at with your So conf- confidence level um so it's it's kind of like two fronts, right? And the first is the league. Um we just like Chelsea just needs to have like a just win baby, you know, kind of, you know, uh mentality of we can't control Liverpool, we can't control Leicester even though I mean we play them on Tuesday. So just just win the matches and it's and done and done. And 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 that's it. Um yeah. Two left, two left for both of our squads. And so, if that happens, and we beat Leicester and we beat Aston Villa, um, then I think there's a lot less pressure on the Champions League final for the squad. Um, so, let's say we lose to Leicester and then we beat Villa or whatever happens in the league, um, we're going to be looking at fifth place most likely. Liverpool's got a couple cupcakes, even though they should have destroyed West Brom. Uh, it took a header, uh, like a miraculous header for the first time in however many years from a goalie, from their goalie, Alisson. Not just any goalie. Alisson Becker, crazy. Love Alisson. it. That's, I'm glad you mentioned it. Now I don't have to. Um, so I guess who knows what could happen with that? Like, uh, you know, Liverpool should have throttled them. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, 
but we can't like we just have to ignore all of that and just play our game um so if that if we win the league then i think the the pressure lifts significantly on the champions league final however if bad things happen in the league um and we lose or draw either to leicester or aston villa then the champions league final has like i mean just think about like just economic and team morale and like just the pressure that would be on. And it's not like we're playing some shitty team from, you know, God knows where we're playing literally like Manchester city. Who's been the most dominant team in the premier league for the last. You'll have every reason to play as hard as you possibly can. They maybe don't, they have no reason besides pride and the fact they're just, they're better and they want to show that. Um, So that's going for you, but yeah, you have like, a really, really tough schedule. Liverpool has a very easy schedule, but you guys got so, that one point. So win and you're all so good. Prior to hitting the record button on the screencast, Eric Eric asked me, what percentage are you nervous about Chelsea's prospects for the remainder of the season? The season? And I said, 1,000% nervous. <laughs> like, yeah. And maybe this is playing to Eric's, uh, that's why I, I, I like being an Arsenal fan, because I don't have these moments of stress. No, I, I don't. He tries to. I really don't like ever being an Arsenal fan ever. It's never happy. Man, yeah, Arsenal truly I, is I, the Vikings of the EPL for you. I thought I picked the non-Vikings and I didn't. <laughs> you did. You picked them. No, I found them. No, what happened is, is I I picked the non-Vikings, but I brought the Vikings to them. Are you sure the Spurs are the Vikings though? No, but if we were if we were doing this podcast in like the two thousands, Eric would be on cloud nine. It wouldn't even like, be fun. He'd be such a dick the whole time. I mean, Henri, like in his prime, like he would he would be just giddy. But like, okay, first we're go- we're going to talk about the Premier League, like right out of the gate. You know, like it would be it'd be like our leading topic every week. But um, anyway, I think the fact that City has kind of run away with it, obviously the. This is this is what makes the Premier League so interesting is the race for top four and top seven. Mm-hmm. Because even for Eric, like a week ago, going into the Chelsea match, you guys were like, that's not looking good. But now there's a chance. Like Everton drop points, West Ham drop points. Arsenal's got a chance to sneak in at the 11th hour to... Europa League and Eric's pretending like it's not going to happen, but they do. They have it. They have a shot. And um, to come from where they were in December to even have a chance at Europa League is a is a big big step. And Eric's just trying to like play it all nonchalant, like yeah, I don't care that much. But if they made it, he'd be very excited if Arsenal sneaks in at seven. I would be super pumped. No, <laughs> they, they they do have, I believe, the second best record since Christmas in the league. Oh, but it doesn't feel like it. It was just so much ground to make up, so much ground. Liverpool also, I mean, just had a tough, tough, so many strings of draw, 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 loss, draw, draw. It's hard to come back from that, man. And I'm kind of dealing with the same thing, but not not on your level. I get it. Well, that 90% of your back line being injured for the season yeah. does not bode well. I know, I know. It sucks. Um, and, they... I, I, and, and listen, and not to, I, I don't want to, okay, I don't want to make this about Chelsea, but like from where we were like in the middle of January to where we are now feels like three seasons ago. Yeah. Just based on like we were in 10th. Sorry, excuse me. We were in 10th. Like Frank Lampard got fired. We brought in some coach that like has this, you know, uh, reputation of, you know, constantly butting heads with the board and the owners and things like that. And we didn't know what was going to happen. And now we had like an FA Cup final, which we lost, which is not good. Um, we're fighting for top four and we're in a Champions League final, which is kind of incredible. So um it's been a nice turnaround in the last five months. Chelsea's back, baby. 
All right, guys, that's all the time we have. Go back, check out our last episode, our screencast. It was awesome. We did our Mission Impossible rewatch with Mission Impossible 3, which is really good. Banger. But also, make sure you guys tune in next week the Nordies Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you share the Nordies Podcast with a friend this week. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for hanging out with us here at the Nordies Podcast. Thanks.